This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row on the Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. It's the last day of 2019 and we're doing a review of the Malaysian art scene over the last one year. So this week we're focusing on the visual arts and joining me are Daryl Goh, who is the culture editor over at The Star and artists Ruby Subramaniam and Blank Malaysia. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for joining me. Let's start at the top. <laughs> How would you sum up the local visual arts scene in 2019? Mm. Oh, we'll let the artists go ahead first. <laughs> <laughs> I would say really exciting. I think the, a lot of things just kind of opened up and everyone's doing mm. everything. Really experimenting, I think. So it's been a year of experiments and results. Mm. Like results, that's important, isn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Blank? Yeah, um, I guess I would say the same thing. Um, this year, there's a huge growth um, in terms of interest as well in the arts. So uh, not just from people in the art scene, but people outside of it. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, overall positive. Hmm. Daryl, now you can tell us. Okay, I mean, for me, it's been... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, at the newspaper, we kind of basically have to cover a lot of the art institutions. Mm-hmm. So we closely... I mean, we cover mm-hmm. all that comes around. And uh, I would say that uh, this year, really the National Gallery did fairly well for itself. And Ilham too, very consistent. Uh, with uh, Syria with six really good exhibitions or mm. something like that. And uh, But uh, as you say, I mean, we've also been uh, looking at community art. And uh, one, you've talked about community growing. I mean, like one very big thing for me this year was how the communities came together in for the Ipo International yes. Art Festival. Yes, yes, yes. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, mm. it's been a year of, I think, constant growth, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I do think that, especially in the visual arts, I felt like there's always something going on. And there's always something interesting to catch, you know. And yeah. whether it's these big spaces like uh, Ilham or National Art Gallery or like just small, um, you know, lots of small galleries have been coming up as well. Mm. Um, what were some of the best shows or exhibitions uh, for you? Uh, Blank, you can start. Um, I guess this year I really like uh, the things happening in Ilham. Uh, I guess like even BFM uh, talked about it recently, Domestic mm-hmm. Bliss. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really... That is the um, Malaysia-Vietnam uh, collaborative show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, my friend Izzat Arif is inside and I would like to say it was excellent. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else that struck out for you? Um... A plus, I guess. A plus is another interesting space. Um, there was a show. I'm not really sure what's the artist's name, but um, it's called Sometimes You Can Be Weak. Mm. Yeah, um, I really like the pieces in there. It's all sculptural pieces talking about depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I feel it's very interesting to see like so many international voices currently speaking with Malaysian ones and figuring out um, new ways to um, talk about really interesting subjects. Yeah, Daryl, what stood out for you this year? Well, I don't know. I, mean, I had these conversations about uh, what what stands out. Maybe I just just have to wait for the end of the year. <laughs> it's, like, it's like every year it's the same thing, you know. Like something yeah. big just happens at the end of the year. You wait a whole year, mm. and uh, I would just say a bit of. The show of the year for me has to be Ahmad Fort Osman's mm. at the end of the day. It just opened, right? And yep. it's going on till um, early February, I think. Yeah, it's got, yep, 29th of February mm. ends. So oh, so until end of February. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Why did that stand out for you? I mean, the the whole. Like the breadth of the man's career, I mean, he's been around since when, what, the late 80s, just turned 50, and the body of work that's 
uh, you can see throughout the gallery. I mean, you start off with, uh, I could see uh, early days of like uh, the visions of Pago Pago, Latif mm. Mohedin and all that. And then he grows and then he comes into his own and then towards the end, he has seven cycles. So you go through like seven rooms or spaces mm. and towards the end is this epic uh, uh, quest for Enrique of Malacca or something like that. History and mm. I think the growth of the of the artist is what really inspired me about his show. What about you, Ruby? What were your highlights of the year? Um, I really liked Chang Yongchia's uh, exhibition in Balai Sini. I think he was one artist that after so many years, you know, you're hungry for to go into an exhibition where you kind of lose yourself. You forget that you're in KL or you're in this specific exhibition or, or some sort. And I didn't have much time, so I only had two hours to catch his show. And he had done works using seashells and then done works using stamps. And then mm -hmm. he had pieces where he had commented on the political situation in um, Southeast Asia. But he had used stamps to make that statement. And it was a very, very simplistic technique for that for the matter. But what he was saying with that with that format was like, whoa, why didn't I think of that? And every yeah. time an artist makes you exactly. feel that way, you know that's good, you know. Mm. And he had some stuff in there that was uh, sort of a love story that was uh, drawn on leaves. And um, it, it was just... So many levels. He had work on porcelain spoons and it it was so colourful, it was so charming, it was so magical. Uh, it brought me places mm. and, and it took 20 years for him to create that collection. So, you know, um, he, I loved him because I think I can see some sort of my future with the kind of work he was doing. Um, he's not loyal to any medium. He's loyal to the message and... Uh, what a what a charming exhibition, and I really wish that gets shown again for a longer time. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that both Daryl and Ruby, you guys, basically picked uh, what was sort of a, a collection of works that that uh, shows a, a, an artist's work over time, mm. not just one one showing, but rather a, a sort of a growth. Do we get enough of those in our scene? Do we need more people to be sort of revisiting and excavating these works? Well, I think what was the difference maybe in this show was because it's one artist, there is depth, mm. and you get a lot more than and then something that's on a surface. I think Ruby was very important between these two artists is, I think, consistency of work. Mm. I mean, the levels that they keep is quite intense. Mm. So when you go into a gallery space mm. and you kind of experience the whole range of a person's work, mm. it's just like, you know... You, hey, this is what Malaysian art should be and most Malaysian artists should strive yes. to have this sort of uh, catalogue of works. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because otherwise, I think with group shows, then it's very easy to just keep producing because of a yeah. deadline rather than I really need to find the best way possible to get this idea out to this audience. Mm. So the brief is important, right? Were there things that, um, or rather, what were the things that didn't quite work? It doesn't necessarily have to be bad, mm. but, you know, perhaps the idea didn't um, reach its full potential, perhaps um, things that you thought that could have been done better. Hmm. Uh, I guess probably we can talk a little bit about... Um, uh, what happened this year at the Bakat Muda Seni 2019? Bakat Muda Sezaman? Uh, Sezaman, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, at uh, the National Art Gallery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it was very, very interesting. Um, I knew a lot of the artists involved and um, I quite enjoyed the show. 
But I guess when you expose such a show to the wider public and um, as an institution, they were not really that prepared for mm. the reception. So it was very interesting to see how um, they grapple with the problems and how um, they prepare themselves for the next one. So just to recap, we're talking about um, the fact that it was happening at the same time as the Opera Omnia exactly. Leonardo da Vinci exhibit. And then um, because of the volume of visitors, one of the artworks actually got damaged, right? Because a, few yeah. a, a, yeah. a few got damaged, yeah. yeah. Um, any thoughts on that, Daryl? Okay, I'll be like, I'll be, uh, <laughs> letting on from what uh, Blank said about this show, I'll be like, I would, we have to go back to uh, the whole backstory here. Um, mm. The Leonardo da Vinci uh, digital reproduction show mm-hmm. opened in July and uh, it kind of went on for a month. It attracted 90, close to 90,000 visitors. Mm, wow. I did speak to the uh, the security guards at uh, National Art Gallery <laughs> and they look very tired. Giving out a lot of stickers. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the, the whole thing was, I mean, like, this show showed that Malaysians would go to a National Art Gallery yeah. and the the it was fantastic advertisement for National yes, Gallery. Yes. But I do feel the one drawback was they didn't capitalise on, hey, let's kind of help out the Bakat uh, Muda Sazaman yes. show because it was it was going on at the same time. There were four rooms. Yep. Yet, well, about, I don't know, maybe 3,000 people on a weekend, on a mm. Saturday mm. or something mm. like that. So I, I, I guess more direct traffic Okay, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci doesn't even need any sort of advertising. But kind of like push people to go and see what's happening in what young Malaysian artists are doing. Yeah, I think this is uh, the importance of planning something and and really thinking about the legs that come with the show. It's it's never a one-off thing. You've always got to think about how this extends to something further than that. Uh, just one thing. Was, it was a, actually a fantastic problem to have. Yep. Yeah. People going to a gallery in droves mm. is mm. the best yes. problem to have. Yeah. And, and so this then again highlights education in the arts. Uh, mm. You need to... Um, start this again in in a day and age where people are so used to Instagramming things and then you have museums that are upside down and everything is touchable and then suddenly the gut the, the hand so gatal they cannot not touch the artwork <laughs> no, so and I would also argue because I, I went there on a weekend mm, right mm, and mm. it was packed mm. there were people working for the museum mm. um, who wouldn't say anything as for, for the gallery I mean yes. um, who don't say anything when people are touching works that say don't touch yes. or people photographing works that say don't photograph yeah. so in that sense I think it's also they just couldn't manage the crowds there were too many people and too, maybe they didn't anticipate the numbers yeah. and you also they realise how small the National Art Gallery is yeah. <laughs> there's so many people in yes. there yeah. Yeah. and I think that's the difference between Ilham and the National Arts Gallery right Ilham is very strict like as soon as you go closer to the artwork they tell you and oh, yeah. someone's always keeping an eye on you where else Balai Sini then you know so before we go on a, a quick break what I'd like to ask you guys is um, were there trends or themes or patterns that you saw in the kind of work that was being produced this year and the kinds of shows that were being put on? Um, I guess like this year um, as an artist, I noticed there's a lot of talk about um, climate, about the environment. Um, Throughout the year, I see a lot of works which combine um, um, a lot of uh, things which is reusable. Yeah, and uh, the works always talk about big issues which isn't just localised anymore. Um, more towards international things like uh, climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, we were talking before this about the climate uh, art exhibition in Ipoh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Mm. Um, so many voices on really important uh, subjects. 
Yeah. Daryl, how about some similarities or themes that you've been picking up on? Uh, for me, I guess is the fact that uh, this whole 2019 has been a year where most of the established artists were really not exhibiting in Malaysia. Mm. With, and a lot of galleries also kind of move on. I mean, towards the top of the year, I mean, our art project, yeah. they kind of had one show, the, the Mosquito show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then disappeared and then they restarted with the back room. Back room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of always look at uh, the smaller galleries and how they survive. And I do think it has been a kind of like a difficult time then for something like Tite Mera moved out of the, uh, yes. the publica space and mm. now moving on to their own. Mm. So uh, just the survival of uh, the young, well, not even young, I mean, most of them will, will be moving on into their maybe late 20s, 30s already, five years into the scene. And yeah. where do you go when there's kind of like no gallery spaces in mm. Kuala Lumpur? Mm. That's a concern for me. And the bigger galleries are really not showing anything except mm. uh, massive names. Mm. So, yeah. And I think Blank and I were talking earlier about new spaces coming up Ooh, in, yeah. in KL. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. But I guess the, the spaces are more catered towards um, mixed usage. Yes. Yeah, it's not really gallery per se. Mm, they're not yeah. gallery, traditional yeah. gallery they're spaces. They're not yeah. traditional yeah. galleries. And yeah. I think that's fascinating because Very now you have like little coffee shops and, oh. uh, and all of that inside that space. So there's a reason to hang out in there. And yeah. that's why people tend to stick around and yeah. stay. So the big question. Is, is the gallery show what's the purpose of a gallery show right now you know, we don't need to be in a gallery show art last year I remember you saying like be careful don't say anything the galleries are not pushing for sales you know and like a year later we, we kind of already seeing that shift yeah. Um, yeah. so there's a lot more autonomy for the artists mm. the, the collectives and uh, the community mm. so um, that's really nice I think that we are getting to hear diverse voices and without um, and people, I think there's a change this year. Uh, even with venues, last time we yeah. would have very strict rules yeah. on like, this White is what keeps. you can talk about, this is what you can't talk about. And then this year it's more relaxed. Or at least if like one guy says no to you, you've got plenty of other options to say, I still want to do this show and I want to do it the way I want to do it. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to compromise based on some fear that doesn't really exist anywhere well on that note um, I do actually want to pick up this conversation especially about these alternative spaces that are popping up Um, but we need to take a break I'm speaking with the Stars Culture Editor Daryl Goh and artist Ruby Subramaniam and Blank Malaysia and we're looking back at the Malaysian visual arts scene in 2019 we'll be back after a quick break you're listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9 welcome back this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan it's very nearly the end of 2019 and we're doing a wrap up of what the visual arts have been like over the past one year. Joining me on the discussion are the stars, culture editor Daryl Goh uh, and artists Ruby Subramaniam and Blank Malaysia. So before the break, Ruby, um, you brought up this sort of mushrooming of um, spaces that are not traditionally galleries. Mm. Um, are we also seeing a sort of, um, uh, Daryl, you mentioned community driven art as well. So are we, are these spaces, is, is this kind of um, maybe diversity of opportunities also allow different voices, different people to bring their own art into the mix? I mean, art has to always be grow. And mm. uh, we, we have we had seen the whole uh, shopping mall art gallery yeah. space. I think it's hit the dead end. Mm. And I, I mean, do people go to shopping malls? Do young, cool people go to shopping malls anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I, I really don't know. Okay. But... Uh, 
uh, as you said, when art galleries are popping, not okay, art exhibitions. Sorry, are yep. popping up in cafes, yes. yeah. in like uh, alternative spaces. Mm. I mean, theatre people are working with uh, art uh, artists, yeah. photographers are coming in. Yes. Mm. Something like a space like Kongsi KL is the old warehouse. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Blank? What have you been seeing that's um, interesting, exciting in terms of this new approach to creating art yeah. or showing art? Yeah, I guess like um, what, like Ruby uh, mentioned just now, is it frees you. Yeah. So you get to see a lot of intermingling between artists and other creatives. So um, things which used to be just like uh, very textbook, you know, you go to a space, you apply for exhibition and so forth. Uh, you can break the mold right now and just pursue something you really want. So uh, it offers a lot of opportunity for people to explore things which wouldn't be explored before. And more voices are getting involved. Mm. Yeah, um, like for example, we were just talking about um, our favourite photographer, mm-hmm. um, which was also part of um, her show, um, Banana Leaf, right? Yeah. Uh, Morgan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really, really love his um, pieces. But it was also shown in um, a space which is not what you consider as um, a white cube, a normal gallery, mm. but it provides uh, the viewer um, an instant access to it. Um, mm. And it, I find that amazing, you know. So I'm mm. glad you brought that up because um, I'm not sure whether you guys want to talk about your own work this year, <laughs> but I think it's, 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 it's important that we do because both of you kind of presented shows this year. What I would consider, I suppose, alternative spaces, mm. um, not really your typical like gallery, huge gallery. Yeah. Um, Ruby, yours was at GMBB. Yes. And um, Blank, you had your show at Atitik Mira, which, yeah. is just, which has just sort of, you know, started its new space in Tamantun. Yeah, 2.0. So, yeah, so <laughs> what was that like? I mean, um, working slightly outside of the traditional model. I think uh, I really learned a lot curating Banana Leaf this year. Uh, one was there was this expectation because GMBB is polished, right? So mm. it's not your traditional um, gallery space, but it's it's a, it's polished and it looks great. And I went in there with saris and like post-it notes and all of those things. And maybe to most people, there was an expectation on how it was supposed to be set up. You know, it, it had to, they had the fine arts um, uh, expectation put onto a community arts show. So I had a lot of arguments with people who came up to the show and told me, oh, you should put some this artwork on an easel and you should display it this way. Um, but I think because how I chose to do it was rather raw, uh, people didn't have any inhibitions to go and sit down next to it, spend time with it, and it wasn't perfect. So there was there was this human touch to it, really. And it was really nice because at the end of the day, um, people were interacting with the work, and that was the most important thing, mm. not something that looked great and wasn't wielding any results. So yeah, I think because it's raw, uh, people are not so afraid to be part of the show. Mm. Yeah. And Blank, what was your experience with your exhibition? Uh, I guess Titimera right now is in a very good place, I would say. Um, we're operating outside the usual um, ideas of what a gallery should be. Um, first, of, first of all, um, there usually isn't a curator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, We self-curate and also we are a bunch of young artists who got together, get the funds, get the place running. Um, so um, the change of exhibitions is rather fast. Usually the exhibitions would last about three weeks, I guess. And um, we learn really fast within this 
I think probably about six months since we opened. Mm. Yeah, and um, one thing we are really trying to do is we are trying to get more uh, young artists involved. Like right now, I think just opened like four hours ago. Yeah, there's a show <laughs> called Sub, which is happening uh, run run by students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's their final year project, and um, it's just interesting. You know, um, you get to see people who before this wouldn't have an avenue to speak out. Mm, yeah. Suddenly, there's a place immediately, you know, yep. to and just And that's very explore. powerful. Yeah. Very, it's very amazing. powerful. As soon as you give them a platform mm. and say, you can put your experiences up here, your language, mm. your colours. Uh, yeah. And you learn immediately, you yeah. know, as a student, you can just try, uh, continue to be a full-time artist immediately because you got the experience already. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So Daryl, you mentioned earlier that you were very excited about this, um, a, a lot of the community kind of work that's going, that's coming out. Um, what were you, what were you talking about? Uh, for me this year, I think in particular was the uh, Ipo International Art Festival. Mm-hmm. But first thing first, there was no uh, state art gallery there, but they wanted art to be central to the festival. Mm. And they used the uh, <laughs> Museum Daru Rizwan. Yeah. Basically, yep. it was a, nine, uh, it's a heritage building. Mm-hmm. You can't knock any nails in there. You can't hang things or whatever. So they had to partition the whole thing with uh, walls, mm-hmm. temporary pop-up walls, mm-hmm. to make it a gallery space. Yep. But uh, they did it. And uh, I mean, the whole the whole community there uh, kind of worked together with the KL National Art Gallery coming up to also help them out. And uh, they did a fantastic job by basically getting names, mm-hmm. uh, from the region, from yeah. locally, and also newcomers, which uh, addressed the whole concern about climate from uh, A to Z, actually, mm-hmm. with the whole uh, idea of engaging people in Para, Ipo, and also to bring people from outside of, uh, outside of uh, Ipo to Ipo. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you think have been some of the biggest challenges facing uh, the visual arts scene in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, okay, call me daring to bring this up, but... Um, we have different institutions now uh, in the country and obviously with uh, with arts doing so well, they are also, the funds are coming in. And so we have Chindana acting as a role to sort of disperse this <coughs> fund and, and help the artists out with, uh, you know, uh, improving their talents and all of that. So while... Chindana is very clear about their roles in managing the arts in Malaysia. It's it's for economic returns. It, it is for tourism. Now, but when you look at the arts itself, that is probably twenty percent of what the role of art is supposed to do in society. It's mm. much much bigger, and it's the artists that are supposed to be defining what these roles are. So when we have uh, an organization uh, on a top level uh, working on this it can be very limiting to artists to get access to the use of this money. Mm. And even when we look at their reporting format, their terms and condition, it's all really, their KPI is only um, like likes and shares and, and more of a branding point mm. of view. And very ROI driven, right? Yes. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that really means you're, you're moving towards the direction of creating more awareness and stuff like that. But you have to realise then the kind of artists that you engage are 
much, much younger, who don't have experience so much yet. Um, and the senior artists or the ones with more experience and who have done shows internationally are not very happy with that, maybe. So that's creating a bit of a riff. And um, so artists who want to remain independent without their voices being uh, sort of... Um, added, you know, someone else's voice in their work are still then not getting the the money that's been allocated by the government to get this work done. Mm. That's problematic. Uh, and so how long are we going to continue doing this? And so, uh, and if Chandana is then uh, gearing towards acting as an arts council for Malaysia, that's very troubling because um, they then cut the access for uh, international... Uh, spaces to get access to the local artists here in Malaysia because they would all say go through Chindana mm. and if then the artist decides their values with Chindana's values are not aligned uh, then it could be problematic so I think there needs to be more dialogue with Chandana and mm. the artists um, don't know how to solve it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else that you guys would like to add in terms of um, challenges uh, I think uh, one interesting thing also, I was talking to you about orang asli artists and mm. orang asal artists. Yep. Mm. I mean, the whole Malaysian, this year has been a great year for indigenous art, in, in Malaysian indigenous art in, uh, across, uh, started off with the Gurimis exhibition. Mm. And I think, I mean, outside of the uh, orang asli circles, there's also like uh, people like Mahin Bala putting mm. up a show at uh, the Taman Tugu mm. photography. Yes, yep. yes. At, uh, even at uh, at the uh, international the Ipo International Art Festival, there was a lot of uh, orang asli content in there. Uh, so I mean, the I did talk to Shaq Koyok and uh, some of the uh, Brandon Ritom, uh, this young yeah. artist, about you know where where would this kind of art head in twenty twenty? I mean, mm-hmm. I thought this year has been a solid platform for mm. some of them to actually, I mean build the awareness first because I just was saying that I mean you you guys have so much more beyond just the uh, we just have the stereotypes of when you talk about Orang Asli or Orang Asal it will be like the uh, the beats will come out mm. yeah. I mean I'm not I saying it's mind. bad thing or whatever or, I mean mm, but mm, there's mm. so many issues about education yep. health mm. yep. which these artists talk about yep. and uh, so it kind of like <coughs> gave me a, I mean uh, where would which galleries would take them Mm. Not the commercial galleries, that's yep. for sure. Yep. So they will definitely need a more state support, government support mm. to actually build the base. Yeah. And I love Shakoyo's initiative this year. So he had come up um, in collaboration with the education ministry, um, a, a little uh, like sort of children's book on um, stories written in English. Mm. But because... If you go and talk about Red Riding Hood to an Orang Asli child, the child has got no context uh, to understand the story, let alone the language. So he has created this this visual storybook on um, stories that are relevant to these children and and that are folktales that are shared among the Orang Asli communities and then write them in English. And then it just makes so much of sense because they already know the story and they're just learning the language. Mm. So we have to start looking at arts as a much, much bigger tool um, to help 
education to help uh, awareness uh, and and to bring sort of a civic consciousness in our society that's what the the capacity and i think blank and i were talking about this yeah artists this year are taking on bigger roles it's no longer about me 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 i experience yeah. this you mm-hmm. know it's about hey what are we um what are we not paying attention to yeah why here as yeah. artists what can we do mm. you know what mm. other things can we touch on mm. and present to the wider society to talk about mm. so i mean it is the long awaited 2020 right next yeah. year um what would you like to see more of what would you like to where would you like to see the visual arts heading yeah i guess i would like to see more shows yeah not just shows for the sake of uh, as ruby mentioned just now just for the sake of selling something but a cohesive um exhibition which talks about problems we don't really hear anywhere else in the world yeah so to speak truths for the local community mm-hmm. yeah i guess i would like to go for more shows like that daryl uh i would like to see uh more uh, quality in local cu- curators coming through i mean to uh, give them bigger shows i mean we've seen how uh, with uh, the bakat mundas zaman show the curator team were good yes. we've seen how the ipo international art festival curators were actually really I think they just went above themselves to get the job done. Mm. And uh it's something which kind of like if you you want to move forward, you want to do the KL Binale 2020, you just have to give the good people the chance to move with what they want to do in their own direction for art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I was talking about this to you Sharmila. I really want to see I think 2020 a lot of people were uh you know we're looking towards as as a benchmark as a landmark because yeah. of mahati uh but maybe it's time for us to look behind and uh make a comparison of like uh, works that were created 60 years ago or at whatever point and and make a comparison of those works to what is currently being created by artists is there a change in the message that the artists were trying to say then and now you know we need to understand our history in order to learn where we need to move forward from here otherwise then we are talking about the same things and we are repeating and if we are still talking about the same messages then we should be pissed off <laughs> means nothing's changed you know but how are we to know when we don't have access to the history the history of visual arts in malaysia and what artists were saying then so i really wish to see a bit more of of that sort of comparative narrative mm. yeah thank you so much guys um that's a lot to hope for but i hope we see at least some <laughs> of them <laughs> come to fruition in the next year i've been speaking to the stars culture editor daryl go and artist ruby subramaniam and blank malaysia about the visual arts in malaysia in 2019 if you'd like to listen to the performing arts review that we did last week you can look up 2019 arts review on bfm.my on the bfm app or on spotify here's wishing everyone a very happy new year you've been listening to front row on the bigger picture bfm 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 the business station